Good morning, everybody. We have a mixed trade in the grain markets here early on Monday morning. It is 6.30 a.m. Central Time. December corn futures down one and a quarter at 5.40 and a quarter. November soybeans down nine cents at 12.37 and a half. December Chicago wheat up two and a half at 7.57 and three quarters. December Kansas City wheat down one and a half at 7.58. December spring wheat up one and three quarters at 9.30 and three quarters. If you guys are listening on the podcast, as always, appreciate it, guys. Leave me a rating or review if you have not already. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. I think we can we can get to 3,000 this week. So let's make a big push and get to 3,000 subscribers this week. My goal, bigger picture, is to get to 5,000. That'll take a little bit longer, but I think this very week we can get to 3,000. So if you're watching and you're not subscribed, make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube. If you guys need some additional assistance from me, go to my website. It is www.standardgrain.com. Go to that website, click on Grain Marketing Plan in the upper right-hand corner. For 49 bucks a month, I offer a subscription service. Uh, you can buy it. It will include... My my morning email, which goes out every business day at 6.30 a.m. Central Time, my text message service, my subscriber-only videos and content, all my grain marketing recommendations broken down by crop, by crop, here by percentage. This is a $49 a month monthly subscription. You can cancel it at absolutely any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Um, I will not try to sell you anything else. Check this deal out, guys, if you are seeking some additional information. The United States is going to apparently attempt to enforce the phase one trade deal. Catherine Tai, who is the uh, U.S. trade rep uh, who was um, appointed, I believe, or took office back in March, is going to give a speech today. And there were some remarks from the speech uh, released this morning. The U.S. plan kind of echoes Trump's plan in some ways, but it also assumes that China is not going to change uh, the way that it does business in a lot of respects. Uh, here's a quote. China made commitments intended to benefit certain American industries, including agriculture, that we must enforce. Um, the U.S. is also going to raise some broader policy concerns as part of what they're calling its strategic vision for realigning trade policies toward China. Another quote from Tai here. China made commitments intended to benefit certain American... Oh, I guess I already said that one. <laughs> I had it twice. Uh, so, uh, there are reports that Tai... Um, has not, and this is not in the speech, but reports that she has not ruled out the use of new tariffs, uh, which is surprising to me a little bit, and uh, that she has serious concerns about China's state-centered and non-market trade practices that were not addressed in the phase one trade deal. Um, there is one U.S. think tank or group, institute, whatever you want to call them. This is the P uh, Peterson Institute for International Economics. They estimate that China's only hit like 62% of their target or at, as of uh, the beginning of August. And this is a, a graphic that I have on my screen if you guys are watching. Um, uh, actual purchases of uh, U.S. products, $70.6 They should be at $113 billion. So uh, they're lagging drastically. And the U.S. apparently is going to attempt to enforce this. Now, we've had trouble. I've had a lot of questions regarding this. And, you know, where what is the progress of the trade deal? How do we know? Well, one of the serious flaws of the trade deal, as I talked about with uh, my friend Ken Morrison on a previous podcast a while ago, is that the, the trade deal was benchmarked in dollars. It should have been benchmarked in bushels or metric tons or whatever. It makes the uh, progress of the trade deal incredibly difficult to to um, uh, predict or whatever. So you're left with these private groups estimating what's actually been done. I'll be curious to see if she comes out with some sort of government number on uh, what's actually been achieved. Um, Catherine Tai is also going to say, apparently, that uh, the U.S. will not pursue the phase two portion of the deal, which dealt with state subsidies and structural issues. That's the part where 
where they're kind of saying, yeah, China's not going to change or budge on some of this stuff. Uh, that full speech will probably be televised at 9 a.m. Central Time this morning. I'm not sure if this has much or anything to do with this sell-off in the soybean market. You know, we've got the, the beans at some fresh uh, multi-month lows here, but uh, certainly uh, noteworthy and newsworthy. And uh, that full speech again at 9 o'clock. Rains hit a good chunk of the Corn Belt over the weekend. Um, you had some decent coverage in the central and eastern Corn Belt, and then your western Corn Belt, northern plains were drier. But, I mean, Illinois, Missouri, Indi uh, Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, down into Tennessee, Kentucky, Arkansas, I mean, the, the mid-south here caught some rains. Iowa pretty much dry over the weekend, just some scattered stuff. Nebraska was dry. Uh, southern half of Kansas saw some rain. Oklahoma saw some rain. So it was a fairly wet weekend. Um, so harvest activity in some areas maybe slowed down a little bit. This is no major cause for concern. You go through the next seven days here, uh, central, western Corn Belt, most of the plains pretty much dry. Some more rain for Indiana, Ohio, Kentucky, uh, Tennessee, and further east and further south, those sort of places. Uh, temperatures are going to be way above normal. Uh, we're going to trend 10 to 15 degrees above normal. Uh, in the Corn Belt and in the Northern Plains, uh, even the Southern Plains are going to be a good eight, nine, ten degrees above normal. So uh, warmer than normal temperatures here. So I don't see any major hiccups in regard to harvest progress. You had a little bit of rain over the weekend, certainly. Fund traders continue to reduce their length in the soybean market. So funds were long, 57,000 contracts, uh, futures only, as of last Tuesday, according to CFTC. Now, private estimates indicate that funds were big net sellers of beans late in the week and that they were long only 26,000 contracts in net at Friday's close. If that number was realized, that would be the, net, the lightest net long in the soybean market for the funds since June of last year if confirmed. So uh, large money managers very much lightening up their position in the soybean market, whereas in the corn market, they are just sticking to their guns here with this big long position uh, estimated to be net long, 245,000 contracts at Friday's close. So um, uh, a, a big kind of divergence there. Funds are have, have been pretty aggressive sellers of soybeans and the soybean market has acted poorly, whereas funds are sticking to their guns in the corn market and the corn market is acting much, much better by comparison. Uh, rumors regarding uh, Russia and wheat uh, have maybe had something to do with this rally in the wheat market. There's some rumors uh, floating around that Russia may restrict wheat exports. Um, you know, they had a light crop last year. Uh, prices are surging, and now they're talking about the potential for lighter acreage this fall in regard to their winter wheat crop because they've had dry weather. So if they do uh, impose some sort of restriction, that's certainly friendly to wheat, and it could be one of the driving factors of this uh uh, market here recently, which has acted very, very well. They've had a floating tax on wheat in place since June, but uh, they could institute some further measures, I suppose. Crude oil floating near, near uh, multi-year highs today ahead of, of the uh, OPEC meeting. Sources told Reuters that you're not going to see much of a change here. They're going to stick with this existing agreement to add 400,000 barrels per day in November. They are facing pressure from uh, some other countries, including the United States, to um, produce more oil, lower prices. Demand following the, the whole COVID mess has recovered faster than expected. U.S. dollar has risen for four consecutive weeks. The greenback posted its highest trade versus a basket of global currency since October of last year. Last week, you've got concerns regarding China. You've got... Um, firmer U.S. Treasury yields, um, and you've also got this expectation that the Fed will begin to hike rates next year. Those are all seen as being dollar-friendly. Cattle market, uh, we saw some cash cattle that was weaker last week, 121 to 124 in the south, and then the north dropped down to like 122, so softer in cash cattle, and, and the board has not acted well as e 
has not acted well either. The uh, box beef market was off more than $2 in the choice boxes, almost uh, $4.5 in the select boxes. Outside markets this morning, U.S. dollars just a little bit lower. Uh, the S&P is down 17. The Dow's down 100. That stock market continues to be in kind of correction mode here. The bonds are off. Precious metals are off. Crude oil is up 12 cents in the November WTI at $76 even. Everybody have a wonderful day today. I'll talk to you guys same time tomorrow morning.